Welcome to the Kindred Journey podcast, the podcast where women share their experiences of stepping into courage when comfort is no longer an option. This is the podcast for connecting in community with women who have been shaped by the liberating to challenging seasons that life endures. I am your host, Leslie. I am a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. I too have experienced these seasons in life, and I want you to know that you are surrounded by a community of courageous, real women here for you. I can't wait to connect, so grab your favorite beverage and join me on this kindred journey. Hello, everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I am coming on here as a solo episode today to just kind of recap a little bit about what content has been on the podcast, and I hope you enjoyed me sharing my birth story with my first last week from my friend's podcast. I feel like it was such a blessing and for her to be willing to share that with me, um, especially as we're leading up to baby number two, uh, due date is coming up here uh, tomorrow. (laughs) This is uh, February 27th right now when I'm recording this and this, uh, this actually will launch on the 29th on leap day. So stay tuned. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of check in and see how everybody's enjoying uh, the Kindred Journey podcast and how everybody's enjoying the content. And if there's any feedback or recommendations, uh, or anybody to reach out to, I appreciate all the above. If you'd like to reach out to me, uh, I will include my email in the show notes. And I will probably be taking a little bit of a hiatus from email and social media and all the things uh, when this baby does decide to arrive, whenever that is. So, um, but I will be still putting out content uh, each week, dropping every Thursday, we drop an episode here on the Kindred Journey podcast. And this, I think, will be the ninth episode. So I've enjoyed it so far. I think it's been a wonderful experience this, thus far, and I still have a lot of content left that I've already pre-recorded to share with you, and I'm very excited to dive into this next month or so of, of episodes. Um, but today, I kind of wanted to, what, what's been calling to me to talk about is finding courage through the waiting, and I feel like this last month, especially uh, leading up to this 40, 40th week of pregnancy, there's been a lot of waiting. And sometimes we can get caught up in the waiting or discouraged by the waiting or uh, frustrated by the waiting or excited by the the anticipation of what's to come. So I think I would just love to tap into this a little bit as far as what I've experienced, I would say probably the last four to six weeks uh, personally uh, with my my current birth story. I, if you didn't listen, I did share my friend Chelsea Barbine has the Cultivate with Chelsea podcast and she was gracious enough to share my birth story on her podcast with me. So I did share that last week with my first son, who's about 22, 21 months and 
So while it feels like it was forever ago, it kind of felt like yesterday when I was listening to that episode. And uh, I apologize if there's some coughing today and sniffles. I'm My son and I have been exchanging back and forth, whatever is going around tis the season. So uh, I do apologize in advance for my croakiness and my sickness, but I really wanted to get this out, especially, like I said, I am technically due tomorrow. So whenever this baby decides to show up, we're going to be ready to roll because I'm dip, uh, currently sipping on my pregnancy tea and sitting on my bouncy ball. And we're just kind of, I appreciate all the text messages and, and thoughtful, uh, thoughtful calls that people have been checking in with me. So thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, let's get started. I actually um, feel like this kind of started, uh, I would say when we were about halfway through this pregnancy, uh, I expressed what a roller coaster and a wild ride my, my first son's birth was last week. And our doulas came over, I think we were about 25 weeks, and they have these flashcards that they would you prefer it to be this way or that way? You know, you flip it to one side or the other. And so my husband and I actually kind of switched roles with this birth. My husband was was more the one like, no, we're doing it this way. We're going to try a VBAC. This is how it's going to be. And I was more, oh, well, it is what it is. You know, after last time, we don't know. This can shake out so many ways. So we'll, we'll just see what happens. So we kind of switched roles. And our doulas were pretty much cracking up laughing at us, thinking like, oh my gosh, what happened? <laughs> because um, it was not that way last time. And I think our first birth story kind of um, put me put me in my place and showed me how, how things were truly out of my control. And so we filled out, we did these cards, and I remember telling them, you know, oh, it is what it is, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, VBAC, you know, we're trying, but if it doesn't happen, it's fine. We'll, we'll see how it goes. And the closer we got to the due date and the closer things, they became more real, I think I was about 34, 35 weeks, and I went into my appointment and they said, well, your baby's currently breached. So with a VBAC, there's some risks involved and, you know, just a heads up of FYI, we, we will maybe do a C-sec, a scheduled C-section if this baby stays breached. So that was kind of entered into my head around 34 weeks. So I was like, okay. So I think I went in for my 36 week appointment and the baby was still breached. So getting closer to that, to the due date. And I felt myself kind of not in that same space of it is what it is, whatever happens, happens kind of a thing. So I felt myself white knuckling a little bit the steering wheel and being like, no, like this is what we were trying to do. And uh, we we wanted a VBAC or I wanted to try for a VBAC and it was a little disappointing. And I think in that moment, I was truly coming into realization that I am just the vessel for this human in my body that is growing every day, taking a lot of my energy. And I have no control over this outcome, just like I did the last time. And I felt kind of like, oh, shit, I'm in the same spot I was last time. Like I, I'm, but I'm learning a lot quicker versus with my son. I, I was in, I think like, gosh, 30 plus hours of labor until we ended up finally 
doing a C-section. So, um, yeah, I feel like this was kind of a teachable moment for me to put my money where my mouth was and kind of act on this level of courage that I had not experienced before. So fast forward, I, we, so I started do, I reached out to the doulas. I talked to our midwives and I said, okay, what can I do within my control to help this baby flip? And they gave me the, the breech tilt exercise and, uh, they, we, we talked about doing an ECV, which I'm not, and this is not medical advice or anything, and I'm not a medical expert, but it's where they go in and kind of manually flip the baby from outside, I think by 30 or, uh, yeah, 37 weeks, they, they like to do that. So they said, if the baby's still breached, we can go in for an ECV and try and manually flip the baby. And so I was pulling out all the stops at home, doing the stretches and the exercises, doing inversion, the, all the spinning babies techniques that they recommended. And again, what was within my, not just my control, but what my capacity was each day. I was trying to finish up my, my nine to five. I had a pretty stressful, uh, project that was due before, before this baby got here, whenever that, whenever that is. So I had to try and wrap that up and working oddball hours on that, trying to finish, a little bit stressed with just, again, not knowing when this thing's going to show up. I'm just the vessel. And again, we're being surprised. So I don't like saying it or they, but uh, this baby, <laughs> whatever it is, uh, before they show up. So um, yeah, so I was trying to pull out all the stops and really felt like I was trying to get a grip on control. And when a few weeks before I was like, Oh, whatever it is, whatever happens, it is what it is. Very more loosey goosey about my, my desires of how this pregnancy was going to kind of unfold. And it wasn't until I had a conversation with my sister who was on the podcast as well, a few episodes ago, and she's very insightful and full of wisdom. That's why I do go to her often about things like this. And she asked me what I was holding on to about a vaginal delivery or a vaginal birth. And I thought, you know, cause I could sense some resistance and, and, and like, again, that con that sense of control that I was trying to have over the situation. And I said, I don't think it's so much as, as much of a vaginal delivery as, as it was maybe with my, my first son, I thought I, I told myself, Oh, I was robbed of this natural birth experience, which once he was here and we, we, I, I've broken from that narrative since, but I felt like it was more about the, the quote unquote trauma that I had from my, my son's C-section that was, um, prepared that I was craving or wanting or desiring. And I felt like I was truly, um, I hadn't processed from that and from my, my son's first birth and, and the C-section because all I could associate with was this traumatic C-section that happened after 30 plus hours of labor and I was exhausted and we, we exercised a lot of options in that birth. And if you want to go back and listen to that episode, that goes into more depth about that. So I felt like 
it wasn't even about, um, cause I, I don't know if it was my sister or somebody else said, you know, you're kind of doing the opposite of what people do. A lot of people just resubscribe to another C-section and sign up for that cause they don't want the risk of the VBAC. And so I was kind of running from my own fear of, of another traumatic C-section. And even when my midwife explained to me a family centered C-section is so much more peaceful and, it's a whole different experience. I still got tears in my eyes when she said C-section and I don't I didn't know why I was carrying this and holding this this um this not willing to release and let go of of what was happening and what we were experiencing. So um in summary, I had a conversation with my husband and we actually ended up canceling the scheduled ECV to go in and manually flip the baby at 37 weeks because there was, you had to sign a consent that if the baby went into fetal distress from the flip, that you would have to, um, have an emergency C-section. And I just wasn't really, that was where I found the release and I was not ready to get on board with putting myself in that position again. And so if the baby wasn't flipped by then, we were going to move forward with a, a family a family centered C section that was planned at 39 weeks, which is which was last Wednesday. So here we are. So the baby flipped, if everybody was wondering. And I went in for my 37 week appointment, and she did a quick little ultrasound and said, "Yep, the baby flipped." And that's typically what happens. They kind of figure it out on their own, and they they flip. But I felt like releasing that control before that 37 week appointment and not holding on to um, having to prep for anesthesia just in case and all the like getting having that scheduled just in case I felt like I took a huge weight off my shoulders and a huge load. Um, And it felt good the week of knowing I made that decision and letting go of that control. And that waiting, I feel like the waiting went so much smoother when I released control compared to if I was still trying to manipulate the situation a little bit with an ECV. And again, this is just my personal experience. This isn't medical advice or anything to anybody else. Everybody's experience is completely different. So, but again, with everything that was on my plate leading up to that 37 week appointment, um, with my job and taking care of a toddler and just being 37 weeks pregnant, it it was exhausting. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I feel like that. And and we did, I did chiropractic acupuncture and our midwife said moxibustion and it's a mugwort. It looks like a little cigar and you, you light it at the pinky at your pinky toe and you light it and get it really hot and you put it about an inch away from your pinky toe and it's supposed to send like a bladder contraction or a contraction to your bladder. It's, it's Chinese medicine along the acupuncture line. So we pulled out the moxibustion, which my husband thought I was absolutely batshit crazy. He, the look on his face when he had this stick next to my toe was just like, what are you making me do? You're out of control right now. Like, um, So yeah, it was, bless his heart. I know he loves me and he's on board until with, within reason, um, on my, on my crazy train. So 
Uh, so we tried all the things and that's what my midwife asked. She's like, well, what did you do? I'm like, all of it. We tried everything. We checked a lot of boxes as far as what was when, what was within our control and also what was within my capacity day to day. Cause it looked different from day to day again with everything that I kind of had going on. So I feel like in that waiting period of, and I couldn't tell, I tried to feel where the baby was. I was like, I have no idea. This thing moves so much. It, it moves all the time. It's, it's a little wiggle worm in there. And it's like, I really have no idea where this baby's at. I can't even, I can't even try and do the belly mapping or the guessing and all the things. So, um, going in for that appointment and she, when she said it flipped, it was already a huge sigh of relief that I had tried, I had given up and released that control by canceling the ECV appointment, um, in case the baby hadn't flipped, uh, that, that appointment on that Wednesday. So yeah, I, I just think waiting is such a, I was, so I, so I, now I've been kind of playing with courage in the waiting because I feel like when we're waiting for something, it is truly out of our control. And a few weeks ago we were at church and, and I felt like our pastor was talking directly at me. I looked on both sides of my shoulders like, are you talking to me? Because I feel like this sermon was, was directed straight at me. Um, and he said, it takes a lot of courage to live. And I feel like that right there in itself doesn't get enough credit because yeah, us as humans, we go through the highs and the lows of, of life and living and sacrifices and happiness and tears. And I mean, we just experience it all as humans. I I feel like that's part of the human condition. And so I thought that that was interesting. That really grabbed my attention because it does, it takes a lot of courage to live. It takes a lot of courage to make the the right decisions or make a hard decision or it, it, it takes courage to wait something out. And again, I feel like with waiting, it's not in your control when you're waiting for something like you're sitting in a doctor's room waiting for your name, you know, for an appointment. It's like, well, you don't know when they're going to call you. They might be running late. They might be running early. They might be running right on time. That's just like a, a simple example. But I feel like waiting is something that we have to do in life. And that, again, back to the, it takes a lot of courage to live waiting is part of living and sometimes we handle it better than other times, especially when, um, there's different feelings and emotions that arise with waiting for, you know, different circumstances and maybe ask yourself, you know, when you've experienced yourself waiting for something, what has that felt like to you? Do you feel exuberated with, Like, oh, I don't like the suspense. Like, I don't know what's yet to come. This is really exciting. Or is it like, I don't have control of this situation. So I don't like this feeling. (laughs) Um, What, you know, what does that look like for you? And how does that, how has that felt? And again, I know it's different circumstances and different situations can bring different um, emotions with that waiting. And I felt like for me, this most previous this most recent example that I just gave of, of waiting for this baby to flip was, um, you know, releasing control. Cause I, cause at 25 weeks pregnant, I said, whatever it is, what it is. So for me, it was releasing that control 
and releasing how things were going to unfold because it is what it is at the end of the day. And I have no control over that. Um, again, not wait, not, not all waiting is the same. And I remember waiting for, you know, if I got my most recent job in 2016, I was waiting to hear if I had gotten the position. That's a more anxious, like, am I going to get it? Am I not going to get it? Um, feeling compared to waiting for something that's a little heavier. Uh, I remember waiting for my wedding day. There was so much, there was so many emotions of of the planning and, and the anticipation and the angst and excitement. I mean, so there's, there's so many different kinds of waitings and that's what I mean. It's, it takes courage to feel all those emotions and it takes courage to, to live through all those experiences um, waiting is also, it's, it's not a waste of time, even though we might feel like waiting is dull, boring, a wait, a waste of time. Uh, but it's a form of growth. And I think that so many times we find ourselves just wanting to get to the end result versus experiencing that period of waiting or that period of, um, of the experience, uh, of getting through something or getting, you know, it's not just the A to the Z, it's the in-between and how much growth comes from that. And I think from my first son's birth, a lot of growth came from that. And I carried that into this next birth, leading up to this next birth, this next pregnancy. And there was a time when I needed to process that and needed to heal from that. So I went ahead and I listened to some mantra, belly birth, uh, mantras and affirmations that I actually cried by listening to them. And it was a really healing place for me to to accept it and move on from that so I know everybody's experience is different but for me I needed that and I actually made a belly birth preference in addition to a a birth preference (laughs) and it was very healing the whole process was and it and I felt again a sense of that release and a sense of that control from from doing so in a, in combination with with uh, releasing from the ECV, and I just feel like I'm in a really good place right now. I, like I said, I'm a day away from my due date, and we're we're waiting. We're still waiting. It's a different kind of waiting than a few weeks ago for a flip. And while I know this this birth can still unfold in so many ways. I feel like the headspace that I'm in and how I processed and and grieved from my my first son's C-section and kind of coming to terms with that and saying, you know, if if a C-section is where we need to be, then that's where we need to be. And that's the healthy baby is the end result and that's the end outcome. So whatever it takes to, to get that. And I feel like if this baby's born 
tomorrow if it's born on leap day, which would be, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about a leap year. I everybody, Some people are like, oh, it's so cool. And then I'm like, well, how does that work? Like, not that it matters. Again, the, the baby, healthy baby, healthy outcome, healthy mom is what really truly matters in that situation. But yeah, it's kind of funny. Everybody's been texting and asking if any progress and how are you doing and any updates and I'm like nope still waiting and I'm good with it I feel like everybody else is more anxious than I am and I trust me I was anxious with my first he was my first I didn't have a toddler on the ground on the ground demanding all of my needs and attention so I think that it's just a different experience all around and it's it's been really great and as we go into tomorrow and maybe the next day and the next day we'll we'll see where where we land and how this unfolds and I'm excited to see how it does in the in the headspace that I am in and knowing what I know and releasing control a few weeks ago in the waiting has carried me into such a good place in the here and now and I find this so funny that I wanted to come on and talk about this today because I actually did get on a meditation call with my friend Chelsea Barbine, who the episode from last week came from, and she was talking about a pineapple analogy. And I didn't realize this, even though I'm in agriculture, that it takes 18 to 24 months for a pineapple to have its first fruit to produce. And I thought that was so fascinating because... It takes us nine months, and nine months feels like a long time. I couldn't imagine 18 to 20, and I know some other animals have longer gestational periods than we do as as humans, but um, we were talking about finding ourselves wanting to rush through the process and get to the end result, and why is that? Why do we want the end outcome that we expect to have and not want to embrace the experience and the in-between. And I even feel like that with, you know, there's a saying like the days are long, but the years are short kind of a feeling like why can't we embrace the mundane a little bit more the day to day and or just the not the process of the experience. Cause like I said earlier, that's waiting is a form of growth. It's, it's, it's you growing as a, as a person and, and more into who you are and we take take advantage of that. And I feel like if we maybe just leaned into the experience a little bit more, how much more fulfilled we would be as a society, as a culture, as as humans. Because I think we've we fall so much into that instant gratification trap where we just want it now. We want the end result. We want it here and now. But we can't sit in the here and now because it drives us insane. Um, so I find that very interesting. And I just, she talked about the pineapple and how we, we have to wait for it to be ready. And the, the juicy fruit after 18 to 24 months of, of being cultivated and grown and, and then harvested, I think it has to sit for another five months after it, it's ripened on the plant I think it has it's still not ready after that you pull I'm not sure I'm really fascinated now and I'm probably going to go down a a google rabbit hole and I really want pineapple now that we've talked about this so um and a question she asked and I 
was so glad that she asked. She's like, what if we allowed ourselves to fully experience the waiting um, and, and to give us the, the grace, time, patience, whatever it is that we're, we're needing out of this experience to allow us to experience what the present moment truly feels like and what would that look like? And kind of just to reiterate what I said, like we live in such an instant gratification world. Like we're always wanting the end result right now. We, we don't want to suffer. We don't want to wait. We don't want to, I mean, even waiting in the grocery store line, I feel like, I don't know if you're, I read this somewhere. It was like the person that bounces from line to line, the shortest to shortest to shortest until they get checked out. Or you pick a line and you stay in your lane and you don't move. Or there's the third person that will maybe pick a lane and then see that another one's getting shorter and then they'll go get in that lane. So it's like the bouncer and mover from multiple spots, the one that just stays. And then there's the one that might make a shift or might make a move. And I find it funny because I do... I catch myself doing that or we can't even wait in the grocery store line and, and not pull our phones out and be on our phones. It's like, what are you so uncomfortable with just sitting there and waiting your turn in line? Like, I just find it so fascinating, our fast paced environment that we live in uh, these days. But so I don't know. I just wanted to come in and share, come on and share with you guys where I'm at in the waiting. And like I said, here we are still waiting we're a day away from our our anticipated due date and I'm actually really good with the waiting I I feel like it's giving me opportunity to enjoy these lasts these last moments as a family of three um these last they're not they're not sleepful nights but they're not as sleepless as they will be (laughs) they're not very comfortable enjoying bath time and enjoying uh, walks outside, you know, just, just enjoying these last experiences and being in the present moment. And my folks came into town and to maybe go, you know, bake cookies with my mom or go for, get a pedicure or do something with her that like, and be in the present moment because while what a blessing it is bringing home your new one, it's, it's a lot of work and it is another level of of exhaustion. So I think while I'm excited, I'm also embracing the present moment and what is in the here and now. And I think that's a very special and sacred place to be in also. I hope you enjoyed this episode and let me know if you'd like me to come on more. I'm open again for input and feedback. I'd appreciate it. Again, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting over this, this sickness or trading the sickness back and forth with, with my son. So if you uh, want to hear me talk about anything particular, I'd love to come on and do more solo episodes if that's something that intrigues people or want want to hear kind of my input on what some of the guests have talked about. I think there's been some really good juicy stuff that some of the guests have already shared from their moments and seasons of courage. And I can't wait to share more with you. I really can't. I'm so excited to see where this goes and I will keep keep everybody updated and see where this next season of of my life goes and and how it all unfolds. So thanks again and I hope everybody has a wonderful wonderful day. 
Thank you for joining me and listening to the Kindred Journey podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please consider taking the time to rate and review the podcast and share this episode with family and friends who you think might enjoy it. Your positive feedback helps me reach more courageous women like you. This is my passion project, so without you, I wouldn't be here doing this, and I deeply appreciate your support. Until next time.